0: Welcome to another episode of Whiskey and Mash. Welcome to this week's episode of Whiskey and Mash. I am Chris Pullman.
1: And I am Gloria Ackerman.
0: And this week we will be reviewing season four, episode nine, Quo Vadis, Captain Chandler, and season four, episode ten, Dear Peggy.
1: I'll give you an. Uh, overview. I'm glad Chris said the name of it because I'm not really sure how to say that. Covertes?
0: Covadis.
1: Covadis, Captain Chandler. I'm pretty it's a,
0: sure it's Latin.
1: Great. I'm pretty sure too. And I, mm-hmm. it, it has, it, being Latin has a little meaning because this episode is kind of all about um, Corporal Chandler. Is it Corporal? No, Captain. Captain. Captain Chandler, who believes that he is Jesus Christ. So it's all the different reactions from all the different people responding to the fact that um, Captain Chandler said that he is Jesus Christ. Um, you'll see that BJ and um, Hawkeye are kind of, you know, they're on the fence, believing not, you know, not that they're believing, but they call in Sydney Friedman. So we get to see Sydney Friedman, who I love. And um, there is Major Burns and um, Margaret Houlihan, who, is it Ma- and Major Houlihan, who um, don't believe anything this man has said and thinks he, think he's um, just trying to get out of the army, so they call in Colonel Flag. So we have Colonel Flag versus um, Sidney Friedman. I don't know, what is Sydney's title? what do you mean like is he a captain he's a major 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 Sidney friedman so it's that's what this whole episode is about it's about the the different views on this man being jesus christ who comes to we come to find out at the end that he's flown 57 missions he has fatigue and it's going to take some time for him to become um captain chandler again that's what it comes down to. But a lot of interesting things happen during this episode.
0: Mm.
1: You want to chime in on something mm. um, that you thought of? Or?
0: Sure. Uh, let's see here. Uh, just a couple. I, I took on a lot of quotes today.
1: Okay.
0: Um, when Father Mulcahy first sits down with uh, Captain Chandler and post-op, I... Just thought it was very interesting. You know, they uh, warned Father Mulcahy, you know, your buddy's in OR, and then in post-op, Father Mulcahy comes in, and uh, he sits down and just looks at Captain Chandler, who at the time the only name they knew him by was Jesus Christ. And so he's like, well, here we are. <laughs> just, it was very comical to me, you know, to just be like, well,
1: well what, what, Lord,
0: here we are. Yeah. Yep. Let's have a chat.
1: <laughs> because it began with them on the Triaz bus. bus and um,
0: Radar, sorry. No, <laughs> Radar
1: was walking around getting everyone's names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit too much today. Um, yeah. Radar was running around, and he didn't show us the name right away. You could see that he was in shock over the name. So he yeah. ran and he showed it to um, Hawkeye. And mm-hmm. Hawkeye is the one that said to um, Father Mulcahy, "Hey, your buddy's here." Mm-hmm. And so that's how we learned that this gentleman thought he was Jesus, thinks that he is Jesus Christ, and believes it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: isn't just saying it to go to the army. I believe he believes it. Yeah. Oh, you're looking at what it means. Yay. Yes,
0: yes I am.
1: Um. The. So anyway, that's how we we learn that and a course frank right away says that's blasphemous and he's just trying to get out of the army can you see what that means or yeah okay
0: yeah i was just gonna wait until we got through to the end i guess
1: okay okay yep. um one of the things that i love Klinger comes in with his great nurse's hat and he wears this in the next episode also. Mm. I just love that hat. He has this nurse's hat that's like very 1940s, would you say? Sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I love fashion, so yeah. yeah. It's very 1940s, you know, the old pressed nurse's hat. Mm-hmm. Um, Frank and, and Margaret went to Colonel Potter, and they're like, do something. I don't know what they really wanted him to do, maybe bust him or something, or...
0: Yeah. I'm not sure either but yeah you know the fact that then they go to Colonel Flagg was kind of an interesting choice I guess um, but the fact that they call him in he brings in some intelligence which helps move the plot forward just that he figures out who uh, Captain Chandler
1: really is. is.
0: yeah you know instead of just Jesus Christ he figures out who he is which is nice to know I guess um, Yeah, they call him in because they feel like the Colonel uh, Colonel Potter isn't helping and You know everybody is just going along with this guy who's trying to get out of the army and the Colonel's all about keeping him in the army and uh, Making him
1: go on more missions.
0: Yeah do do his duty which um, At this time, I think it still would have been the Army Air Corps Uh, captain chandler would have been in because the air force wasn't founded until sometime later so he actually would have been an army captain but uh i do love the one comment that uh, colonel potter makes to i don't remember if it's both frank and margaret or just frank uh you know he was saying like what if believing that He's Jesus Christ helps make this man a better Christian. If I had a horse who thought he was man of war, I'm not sure I'd want to set him straight. If you know what I mean. I get it. Yeah, you know, I get, it, I get it, it. It's a good point, but I think it's comical. And then once Margaret and Frank leave to get the Colonel Flag down, that's when uh, BJ and Hawkeye decide that you know they they should probably get in some more professional help and so then they call in Major see. Friedman. Um
1: It was interesting to see the two together, Major mm-hmm. Fr- Friedman and um Captain Flag. Colonel Flag. Colonel Flag. Yeah. I mean, because they have total opposite views on life oh, yeah. and um, yeah. but yeah, I can still get along and
0: the one part I really loved about the interactions between them, Major Friedman was just Completely unafraid of uh, Colonel Flagg.
1: right? Where he was accusing him of things like, well, um, you know, being submissive and subversive. Subversive, sorry.
0: Submissive is a completely different thing.
1: Yeah, I, know. <laughs> yeah, I looked down at my handwriting, and that's what I saw.
0: <laughs> yeah Sub- subversive you know belonging to all these subversive yeah, groups, groups like
1: like the boy scouts <laughs> or yeah scouts. The, D-
0: the democratic whatever <laughs> the democratic party uh doctors progressive you know
1: you know all those terrible groups yeah
0: and then the fact that he, that Friedman hadn't signed his loyal, his officer's loyalty oath, was really sticking in. And that was so Friedman's funny when um,
1: Ben Pierce said, "Hey, you can get away with not signing that." How or, do I?
0: How do I not how sign? How do I
1: not sign?
0: Yeah, but I love Friedman's point too, and um, having actually taught to high schoolers some about the Red Scare, which is the era we're talking about here. This isn't the only time this comes up. Oh no, no,
1: you're terrified all the time.
0: You know, but uh, just the fact that Major Friedman <laughs> said to Flag, you know, if I really was a communist spy or infiltrator, do you really think I would hesitate to sign a loyalty oath? Do you really think? And that's a very valid point. I mean, if Especially you were a Especially in this era, there yeah.
1: were people going to jail just because someone pointed at them and said red.
0: Right, and that's what we see in a future episode where Margaret is being pointed at, and she almost loses mm-hmm. her commission over it. She's almost forced to resign by a senator's aide.
1: Because I think she dated someone, didn't she? Or yeah. Something? yeah,
0: Wally something. But, yeah, I just... You know
1: And it was a terrifying time, especially like for actors and things. Yeah. A lot of people just—you had to listen to everything people said because one little accusation mm-hmm. ruined your life forever.
0: Well, McCarthy was just on such a big witch hunt. He's from this area. He's from Wisconsin, yeah. yeah. But that's why I loved how Friedman reacted toward Flag. Was just—he didn't care. It's like you're but gonna. But that bust could me. happen again. Go I, ahead. I, you know, I can just oh. see that
1: happening again with all of the politics, and it it really could. And it, it's, well, it's a very of, fearful time. Well,
0: we're kind of there already, but that's right. beside the point because of you're this not, episode. It's not,
1: it's, right, it's not a free. Okay, yeah, you're right. Let's not. We even could go, go on a, on a big tangent. We could. Let's but not. But this is about Mash. Yeah, let's keep it about Mash.
0: So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of Colonel Flagg's uh, comments was if you let one soldier get away with a messiah complex suddenly you'll find yourself hip deep in sackcloth and ashes yeah talking about we we've got to keep this from happening we've got to keep this one guy from getting out claiming to be jesus or else we'll see a bunch of them well but he had
1: this calmness about him you know the the guy that said he was jesus christ that just sat back like sydney said he really believes this is who he is because Mm -hmm. he had to bomb innocent people
0: yeah
1: and he had to get out of that life yeah because he couldn't live with himself but when you looked at him as jesus christ he sat back and had conversations you saw him with father mulcahy Mm -hmm. or with radar and he had this calmness i mean yeah He,
0: he seemed like a very jesus character right yeah yeah and you know that's because that is the persona he took on and that i think really was reflected in what sydney said when they were sharing their findings toward the end of the episode where it was uh you know colonel potter said so sydney who is he he's jesus christ and you'll notice you'll notice that i'm not not laughing laughing, sydney well all right he may not be jesus but he's also not captain chandler
1: he's just not there right now
0: yeah and you know, then his comment, we can make him back into... Uh,
1: Captain Chandler, but never well, a fighter again.
0: What he said was we can make him back into Arnold Chandler, but we'll never make, remake him into a weapon of war. Right. So he made that distinction. He will never be able to
1: go back to yeah what he did before.
0: Yeah, and that's when Flag brings up the whole uh, loyalty oath thing. And I, I, my favorite line of the episode is right there, Where, you know, the doctors, uh, BJ and Hawkeye, are saying what a great, smart thing Sidney did by not signing his loyalty oath. And then suddenly Flight comes up and wait a minute. No, Dr. Friedman, you're dumb. You're very dumb. (laughs) But you've met your match in me. I'm smarter than you. (laughs) We're going to keep you right here where we can... Keep tabs on just how loyal you're being to this great country that's going to dog your every move for the rest of your life. <sighs> it, something like that. It just... It, it, you he get these things lines around. From Colonel Flag. You're dumb. You're very dumb. But you've met your match in me. Gosh, you thought you were going to get out of the
1: war by doing this, but you're not.
0: Well, no, it, it wasn't that. It's was just the implication there that I love. You're dumb. You've met your match in me. I, Colonel Flag. do you listen to the things that come out of your mouth? Or no? Okay. No,
1: but if you look at him and Frank, they would be saying the same things. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. They're like the same person. Yeah.
0: Well, that's why, that's why <laughs> Frank always gets along with Colonel Flagg. Yeah. That's why when Colonel Flagg busted out of the office... He saw Margaret there standing next to the door listening in. He said, keep up the good Good work. work. And then the door closes and there's (laughs) Frank huddled behind it. And he just gets this shit-eating grin on his face. (laughs) Like, yeah, we did good, didn't we? We got a a brownie point from the teacher. We did awesome. (laughs) But it was really sweet when uh, Chandler was getting on the evac bus. When radar, oh my
1: gosh. I love this part. Go
0: when, ahead. Yeah, when radar comes up to him and you know, says, Are you really who you say you are? He yeah. says, Yes, I am. Could could you bless this? A bag? Your
1: backpack? <laughs> Your bank.
0: Mm-hmm. No, this. And he pulls out his teddy bear and Chandler, you know, blesses it and then he bless says him, and then bless you, radar. Oh my name's my. Walter. yeah. Bless you, Walter and I mean two things there one it is very sweet but two in my mind it feeds back into the naivete of Radar because if this man was Jesus Christ he probably would have known Radar's actual name rather than his nickname you know but just just in terms of at least in terms of the show you know, he would have...
1: Known Walter. Or he
0: would have actually said Walter. Because, like, in uh, Angel from Hell, that show, which is great.
1: I don't know that
0: show. Yeah, it's a new one on uh, CBS, Jane Lynch.
1: Oh, okay, never is seen the lead.
0: It. Yeah. She knows all these things about the person she's guardian Angel for because she's an angel. Of Jesus
1: a, would probably uh, Jesus be a would, little bit above an angel.
0: Yeah, he, he'd probably know things, so... You know, a thinking thinking man like Hawkeye would probably, in that situation, have gone, oh, yeah, see, right there, that's the nail in the coffin. But Radar's just like, oh, okay. But, you know, was
1: he a personification of Jesus Christ because he had love in his heart, he had, he believed himself to be Jesus. Right. So I think the blessings counted.
0: I'm not saying they didn't. Oh, okay. Like I, I said, this feeds back into the, fe- the, the naivete of Radar.
1: And I would like to hope that I'm that naive. I would, so. because that's that's just so sweet. I just love that yeah. part of Radar. Yeah,
0: it is endearing. <laughs> um, but then like the the episode closes out <laughs> I'm with so clear. yeah, the doctors are in front of the swamp. And here comes Klinger holding um
1: The Ten Commandments. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. You know.
0: Big Beard, he dyed his hair gray. Captain, where's Major Friedman? He's in Tokyo, Klinger. You know? Go to the Sea of Japan and then part the sea. Keep go, going. Keep going. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Just He's like, any way to get out, I'll yeah. take it. So, Klinger yeah. was Moses. Gave yeah. up his nurse hat for Moses. Yeah. Didn't and, work for him, though. No, no. And he must have known it wasn't going to work for him. But he oh, has to try, because he he's does. Clinger.
0: Anything else from that episode? No,
1: I don't have anything else. I just, okay. I, I just love this episode, because it really makes you think. It makes you think, what if someone that you knew just all of a sudden became Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. You know how far into it would you take it? What would you have your teddy bear blast? Mm. Something you love is what I'm
0: mm-hmm. saying. Yeah. Mm. Um. So as far as information about this episode, uh, the production code was G five thirteen. Its original air date was November seventh, nineteen seventy five. Uh, Quo vadis? if you put that into like google or google translate what we get back is basically where are you going or whether goest thou so where are you going captain chandler is the actual like title uh looking up in wikipedia which it's wikipedia um apparently quo vadis is something where where, uh, peter asks jesus quo vadis to which he replies, I am going to Rome to be crucified again. This is where uh, Peter is fleeing from likely crucifixion in Rome at the hands of the government. And along the road outside the city, he meets the risen Jesus. In the Latin translation, Peter asks Jesus, where are you going, to which Jesus replies, uh, to Rome to be crucified again. So this is something that was, in theory, asked of Jesus. Cool. So that makes sense in this context. Uh, some trivia from the MASH Wiki, from Monster MASH Wiki. Uh, some chronological issues here in terms of actual history. Friedman remarks on the most recent news: two Marines landing, uh, the Marines landing on Inchon, which took place in 1950, yet he also remarks: Chandler has been in the war two years, which would place the timeline as 1952. Cool. Uh, Potter claims he would retire in 17 months, six weeks, and two days, as he arrives in nineteen uh, September 19, 1952, which means he would retire in January 1954, yet in after he retires after the armistice of July 1953. Uh, Chandler is with the eighty aid- 140th Bomb Squadron, a formation by this number served in World War One and Two, but never served in the Korean conflict. So, yeah, that's just, that's what happens when, uh, you don't have fact checkers on your writing staff. Uh, guest stars, recurring cast, obviously we have Father Mulcahy in this episode, so William Christopher. We have Edward Winter as Colonel Sam Flagg. We have Alan Arvis as Major Sidney Freeman. And Alan Fudge as Captain Arnold Chandler. All right. Next up, Season 4, Episode 10. Dear Peggy. It's a lot like um, a Dear Dad episode, except it's BJ. So, that's kind of the plot. I mean,
1: yeah, it's, that's right.
0: it's the wackiness of M.A.S.H., but told through a letter that B.J. is writing home to his wife. So, with that in mind, what are some things that went on?
1: Well, we start off in the Officers Club. Father Mulcahy's playing the piano. Clinger's on top smoking a cigar. Mm-hmm. Raider's dancing with Nurse Kelly. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye's sitting at the bar drinking. Um, B.J.'s writing his letter. That's how it all yeah. starts off, and... It's just kind of a, it shows the boredom that comes. Either it's crazy busy, Mm -hmm. and they don't have time to use the facilities, or you have total boredom, and they don't know what to do with themselves.
0: Yeah, basically. So
1: at this point, they were in their total boredom. Mm -hmm. And, um...
0: Yeah, so after the officers club scene we see them in surgery
1: and bj was the uh, anesthesiologist for frank Mm. and frank was just giving up on a patient who said he's done his heart rate stopped
0: yeah he didn't have a chance to begin with and then uh bj jumps up uh hawkeye says try open heart massage and bj says i can i saw it done closed um, Which would be great try. if you
1: don't have to open them up.
0: Yeah, and essentially what he was doing was CPR. Right. Um, he started pumping on the guy's chest, and he had Frank bag him once every five beats. So it was a 5 to 1 ratio. It was CPR. That's what it was.
1: But it was new. to. But it was new to them. And CPR has changed like 50 times since then, but at this time, yeah. that would have been CPR. Yeah. An important thing to know also that was going on is colonel Morris Hollister was in to inspect father Mulcahy it's just important to know that with this patient this particular patient
0: oh yeah it comes back around with him yeah right but yeah yeah the father Mulcahy was being uh uh uh, uh i can't think of the word i want to use here investigated inspected Inves- by yeah Divisional Chaplain Colonel Maurice Hollister, who was
1: kind of a jerk. I'm
0: sorry. Yeah, (laughs) he was a pip.
1: I'm sorry. You know, you want you want to like someone who's going to inspect you, but he was kind of a the by the book guy that didn't think of people.
0: He had a very particular view of how uh, uh, a person should be a chaplain, and. You know, I think it was based a lot on his personal beliefs.
1: But I don't think he was a people person. He was a. This is the what the book says to do. No,
0: possibly, I didn't quite see it that way. You
1: didn't see it that way, but oh, no, I thought it like just with the as whole a ref- letter thing, and
0: I just thought of saw it as a reflection of how he approached his own uh, pastorship, okay, with like his own flock, because he would have had to have had. That sort of um, experience to get up there. I mean, he would have had to have been a chaplain in the first place.
1: We're only talking this way because um, Father Mulcahy did a, a mass and he did a great homily. Everyone afterward came up mm-hmm. and said, "Great job, great job." But then Colonel Hollister corrected him and said, "No, you have to have more fire and brimstone. You need well, to say this is the way it well,
0: is." Yeah. Like, Um, you must be the drum major leading them into the valley of blessedness. You must do so with a Bible in one hand and a sword in another. another.
1: Right, and that's not how Father Mulcahy is, but I think Father Mulcahy's way is more.
0: Well, I think... Because he lives it. But again, I think part of that goes to the fact that Father Mulcahy comes from a Catholic background. Right. And I don't think that colonel maurice hollister necessarily does
1: well i never thought of that i just yeah. assumed he did
0: no because you i mean father Mulcahy, he handles everything
1: protestant right, yeah.
0: catholic jewish
1: jewish right so
0: i'm willing to bet that colonel maurice hollister oh, wasn't it's... a priest i'm willing to bet that he was just a pastor
1: going around checking on everyone but
0: i mean a, a divisional chaplain but from a different faith background Oh, Something that's like why the fire and brimstone kind of thing. Or, yeah. Okay, that,
1: yeah. now it makes sense to me. It didn't make yeah. sense to me because... Because yeah. like,
0: you don't have to be a priest to be a chaplain. That's true. You know, to say mass for Catholic personnel, you would need to be... have to be a be, priest. But, and, you know, if, yeah, again, if you take that into consideration, then his, how Colonel Maurice Halster was at the pulpit... This very um, charismatic and and fire and brimstone type of approach makes a lot more sense. It does. Yeah. But we first meet Colonel Hollister when he rides into camp. Hawkeye is trying to set a new world record (laughs) for getting people into a Jeep because uh, at a college somewhere... Uh they squeezed, I think it was 12 people into a Volkswagen.
1: He's like, we can beat that.
0: Yeah. So they uh, stuff a bunch of people into a Jeep. And as everybody's getting pulled out, Colonel Hollister pulls up. He knows Margaret because everybody knows Margaret. Does uh, Colonel who Ohug-
1: Father Mulcahy agree with this?
0: Well, why don't you ask him yourself? And, and here he comes,
1: pulled him out.
0: And he, his glasses are smushed. His Askew'd. hat is smushed. <laughs> and he just kind of does his best to kind of get to attention and salute Colonel Hollister. And then he grabs his cross. Heaven help me. Um,
1: I mean, and they were doing that again out of boredom. Because yeah. there wasn't a lot of surgery going on. So that yeah. was one thing they were doing to... Yeah.
0: And speaking of boredom, you see Klinger doing his duty, but then in between the scenes of that, he's trying to get out. So, like, the MPs on duty, Keep the her. guards on duty, bring in a Korean woman to Colonel Potter's office. Colonel Potter has her sit down, excuses the guards, excuses Radar, and then says, So oh, what's Clinger. the deal, Klinger? <laughs> How did you know it was me? Korean women are not known for hairy <laughs> knuckles.
1: I mean, he tries to be a bush. He tries to be all oh, kinds of things. Yeah. No, Don't it, give Klinger too much time in <laughs> his hands because yeah. he will well, escape.
0: And, you know, thinking about that, all of these attempts and all of these things that Klinger does to try and get out are probably why he's on, like, bedpan duty <laughs> and KP duty and guard duty all the time. Because they're punishments. But, yeah, his second attempt, what does he do? He has a swimming cap on and he's holding an inflatable raft. <laughs> and um, we caught him, sir, trying to get into the river. You would have drowned, Clinger. Nope. No chance, sir. Down the Incheon River, out to the Sea of Japan, and then the Golden Gate. And then Colonel Potter says, You would have drowned. Not a chance, sir. He sets the raft down, pulls a cord, and
1: pulls and up to this inflate. big raft.
0: And it's something I don't think you would see in a sitcom today because everybody is, I mean, they literally inflate a raft in the scene. <laughs> so Harry Morgan literally gets knocked over by the raft. It's great. It's just expanding. And, you know, and I hope ja- it
1: expands quite quickly. Yeah.
0: You know yeah. What? But, you know, you see uh, Jamie Fowler, it almost looks like he's trying to decide whether he should stay in the scene or run out of the room because he it's an opening. You're not really sure. But it, it's pretty awesome as far as the scene goes. Yeah. Um, Another
1: thing they do out of boredom is they have cockroach races for entertainment. Um,
0: people only ever go to those to see a cockroach crash.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: uh, Hollister does make Mulcahy write a letter home oh, about. And this that, bothers me. And Father
1: Mulcahy protested this letter from the beginning. Yeah, He's about like,
0: about Davis who Frank had worked on, who BJ brought back. Uh, Hollister wanted Mulcahy to say, you know... how oh,
1: great he's doing, and prayer hmm, has worked.
0: Hmm. Mention the dogs. Ponies. And Hollister takes off with Father Mulcahy's letter, and as he's pulling away, Radar comes up to Mulcahy and says, Where's Hawkeye? Uh, one of his patients is doing badly. Which one? Davis. And... So, all of a sudden, we're back in OR, and... uh,
1: They're saving Davis again.
0: They're saving Davis. Yeah. Again, we see Klinger doing his job, because he ends up getting x-rays in for Hawkeye and BJ to use in figuring out what they need to do with Davis.
1: And he had shrapnel left all over, and...
0: Uh, Yeah. Frank, you got to get all of it out. You
1: have to feel around.
0: Uh, Yeah, and... They're like, we got to go in again. And Frank says he's too shocky. Well, it's either that or he goes home in a box. So uh, they said that he had peritonitis, which uh, I, I don't think that would actually be what he would have been suffering from. Peritonitis. Inflammation of the peritoneum, a silk-like membrane that lines your inner abdominal wall and covers the organs within your dominant abdomen. Okay. So, yeah. That could have been because there was shrapnel bouncing around in there.
1: Because Frank did not feel around.
0: Yeah. So, they had to go in, take that out, and, uh, the whole time Father McKay, he's praying.
1: Because he just sent a letter home saying how everything's going fine.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And then, um, I love when uh, they're coming out of surgery and Father K he is out in the compound and he sees all the doctors and the staff coming out and he says you know, how is he? Is he going to make it? And Hawkeye says well, that depends. We could be bombed. Uh, something else. Or Frank could operate on him again. <laughs> aside from that, yeah, he, yeah, should, he should be should okay. Be good.
1: Thank goodness, you know, but... Yeah. You never, like Father Mulcahy said, I never write the letter until the shock is all gone. Mm-hmm.
0: But I, I just love how that scene ends, though. And because Frank makes a snide comment to Hawkeye. And Hawkeye just turns around because another little thing oh, that yeah, they were they doing were teaching... was teaching these Korean orderlies and English. And Frank
1: started off.
0: He was teaching them. You know, he, he was doing his job. Praises. But then he was also teaching them Better Red Than Dead and all these other mm-hmm. very frank phrases
1: then hawkeye took over and he was late of course i
0: i will get the nurse (laughs) frank burns eats worms and so at Mm. this point (laughs) when frank makes a snide comment he turns and points to the orderlies and and they
1: say you tell them ferret face i'm sorry i had to take that one no
0: that's fine (laughs) frank and margaret storm off it's great
1: I just thought it was hilarious because I yeah. love it when they call Frank Baron Face.
0: Yeah. And, I, and then I love how it ends. Uh, the post... Uh, why can I never think of this? Commercial scene that we don't really get on network TV is Hawkeye and BJ playing chess. And the, the part about it that I love is that you see two MPs escorting a bush <laughs> past... Oh, and it's... And uh, Hawkeye says, better luck next time, Clinger. And then they turn him around, and you see him in these <laughs> fatigues, and he is, like, from the back, completely covered up by the bush. And, and he says, I would have gotten away with it, too, if it hadn't been for that dog.
1: <laughs> he didn't want to get peed on.
0: What are we in a Scooby Doo episode?
1: Oh. But. If you want to start by watching two great episodes, <sighs> I still think you should start at the beginning, but yeah, these two are two great episodes. They're
0: pretty good. Uh, some notes from Monster Mash Wiki. Hawkeye reads about Elizabeth Taylor getting married to someone named N.I. Taylor married Conrad Nicky Hilton, May 6, 1950, but this is a bit of old newspaper that Peggy used to stuff a parcel, so it could have been some time ago because uh, BJ gets a care package from her.
1: Right, with cake.
0: Yeah, a crushed cake uh, chocolate jockey shorts <laughs> Which I
1: can understand because my brother in Rome one time got chocolate underwear. Yeah so mm-hmm. stuff melts
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh Hawkeye thinks ni is vice president richard nixon. Nixon was elected with eisenhower on november 4th 1952 So this places the timeline somewhere in november to december 1952 or early 1953 timeline is still plausible for season four, given that Potter took command on 19 September 1952, about seven episodes ago, but it advances the story very far and doesn't leave much of the Korean War, (laughs) which ended in July 1953 for the rest of the seasons. That's why the timeline will be quietly reset or abandoned later in season four.
1: Which must be, because... The war didn't last as long as MASH.
0: <laughs> when Father Mulcahy confessed to writing a letter to Private Davis's parents under Colonel Hollister's behest, two of the Koreans observing look at each other in surprise as if they actually understood what Mulcahy said. Oh. I didn't catch that. I
1: didn't catch that either.
0: Yeah, so that would have been an OR when they're operating on Davis again. <laughs> That's great.
1: We need to be more observant.
0: Apparently. Maybe uh, less
1: whiskey, more MASH. Th-
0: yeah. The production code for this was <laughs> G509. The original air date was 14 November, 1975. And for guest stars, we had Ned Beatty as Colonel Maurice Hollister, William Christopher, of course, as Father Mulcahy, Bobby Mitchell, who was uncredited, but she was uh, Lieutenant Gage, and Kelly Nakahara, because again, she was dancing with Radar as Lieutenant Kelly. Uh, A few things beside that to point out. Oh, actually, I forgot something from my notes from Disc, Captain Chandler. I think that's the first time that we see the bench and the hangers in pre-op in the scrub room.
1: What do you mean the bench and the hangers?
0: Like you see, you saw Hawkeye getting into his scrubs and yep. he and he hung up his shirt right on the wall. I think that's the first time we see those wall hangers. Do you think so? I think I think, so. I think
1: we saw him when he punched um, Burns. Uh-huh. Because I remember hanging up his stuff before he punched Burns.
0: Okay. That could be.
1: I'm sorry, but I'm seeing it in my head. I don't know. know. It could be.
0: Okay. Possible. Um, but uh, was there something else here? I just like the fact that like here they actually call Kelly Nakahara's character Nurse Kelly. Kelly.
1: Yes, I did too. Yeah. Yay, Nurse Kelly arrives. And the
0: other part of this <laughs> episode that I found interesting was the fact that Father Mulcahy was kind of at the center of it. Right. He's not. But
1: he's still not a main character. Yeah,
0: he's still not credited like Jamie Farr is or the rest of the cast. But this was really, in my mind, a Father Mulcahy episode.
1: Definitely. Because he was through the whole thing.
0: Yeah. So.
1: Probably more so than clear
0: Mm-hmm. So you know, it's stuff like that where you just look at that and go, "Well, he's got to become
1: main pretty soon, main
0: cast <laughs> like next season," which he does. So, yeah, great episodes, like Gloria said, um, good ones to watch, fun, fun ones to watch, yeah, fun
1: ones to watch,
0: yeah, not, not too as heavy. serious
1: as some. Yeah, there's yeah. some that are very heavy, but I love the heavy ones.
0: Yeah. And, you know, anytime you get Colonel Flag or Sidney Friedman in an episode. <laughs> and together, episode,
1: both of them together in oh one episode. Goodness.
0: Yeah, well worth watching. Prime. Just for that alone. <laughs> so, uh, you know, as far as the episodes go, if you want to watch them, they are available on Netflix. So as long as you have a Netflix subscription, Or you can be like can Chris and them. get the
1: big fancy ones.
0: Yeah, I got the individual seasons. <laughs> if you can find it, there is a... Mart, uh, mash Martinis and Medicine Collection. It's a box set of all the episodes from all the seasons, plus special features out there. You can probably find it on like an Amazon.com. But if you are enjoying this podcast and listening to us talk about Mash, you can find us on iTunes or your favorite podcast application. Just search for Whiskey and Mash. You'll find us there. Um, subscribe. Get all the new episodes downloaded to your podcast listening device automatically. If you want to listen to any back episodes, head on over to narclaninc.com. That's N-A-R-C-L-A-N-I-N-C.com. Navigate to the Whiskey and Mash podcast page, and all of the episodes are listed there, are linked there as MP3 files. You can download them to your MP3 device or just stream them off the website. And if you want to connect with Whiskey and Mash, you can find us on Facebook. There's a link out there on the website. Or you can email the podcast. Again, there's a link on the website. You can do that from there. And uh, let us know what you think. Let us know if... We would, would love
1: it if Hawkeye, if you <laughs> would come on. Kelly Nakahara, come and s- c- give us a call. We'll put you in through the, uh, Skype. You yeah. know, Give us a call. We would love to have you as guest stars on our show or on yeah. our podcast. Um how great would that be we would just love to talk to you and just get what's in your head yeah we'll pour you a glass of whiskey
0: (laughs) and you know just anybody who's listening to this we would love to know that you are listening that we do have people who actually listen to this out there so you know send us an email hop over onto our facebook let us know that you're out there
1: thanks ben tracy you have already let us know that you are listening Um, Tom Nelson, thank you. There you go. <laughs> there you so, go. We would love to hear from more.
0: Yeah. But with that, um, I'm Chris Paul.
1: I'm Gloria Ackerman, and welcome huh. to another episode, <laughs> or goodbye from another episode. I'm just, just letting you go with Alaska. this.
0: <laughs> See you next time.
1: <laughs> okay. There's a reason we just need to...